What's going on, everyone? This is Drew Code Sports Talk, and I am your host, Andrew Wright. And over in his bedroom, that's right, folks. This is not Han style anymore. Is my co-host, Cody Johnson. Hey, hey, everybody. What is going on? So good to talk to you guys again. Uh, Drew, thank you so much for the dad jokes and for holding down the fort last week. Appreciate it. Did a great job. Uh, you guys, we got a really good one for you this week with Raiders and Bulldogs talk. So please enjoy. All right. Well, it is good to be back this week, and it is good to be joined by my co-host, Cody. Uh, so glad you're back, man. Uh, you look well-rested. Uh, <laughs> you look like you have somewhat of a full staff again. Something uh, like that, yeah. <laughs> you look like you're on your regular hours. Uh, you beat me in fantasy, and I made all the right moves. Actually, except for one, mm-hmm. but it wouldn't have mattered anyway. You still would have beat me by like 30. Yes. So uh, I am officially out of the playoffs in all three leagues, and uh, I'm a little sad because I didn't uh, I didn't draft the way I normally do, and I was kind of thinking of COVID, and <laughs> it just messed me up. So yeah. anyway, but it's good to be it's good that you are back, sir. So you look like you're in high spirits. I'm so feeling a lot better than last week. Yes, well rested. I didn't get up at five this morning to go for a run like some people did, but hey. Yep you know some of us need our beauty sleep and we all can't be beautiful so <laughs> but anyways my, i need my beauty sleep but i also uh need to have time to myself that's really the only time i get so i got to run and then i get time to like do the dishes and you know take a shower and my son will still be asleep and my daughter will be asleep so that's kind of uh that's kind of me time and then uh Around uh, eight o'clock is when the children are up. So it's when the chaos begins, huh? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Usually, yeah. and usually I've been getting up a little bit earlier because my wife uh, has been wanting me to go get coffee. So I'll go for a run and then I go get coffee. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, I'm not doing that this week. Uh, so I probably could wake up later, but it's it is kind of nice to get you know a couple hours to myself. <laughs> yeah. Well, no kidding. Trust me as somebody that was sleep deprived last week, sleep is beautiful. So yeah. <laughs> I'm really appreciative of it. <laughs> That's funny. All right. Well, um, yeah, you missed a whole, uh, big show yet, uh, last week. I mean, uh, I did an amazing job. I, mean, I don't want to brag, but I'm just kidding. No, it was, it was kind of, you know what? I will say this. It was kind of nice, uh, you know, to, um, not feel like I'm cutting someone off or, <laughs> or, you know, have to remember that I got to keep my time limited. It was kind of nice that I was able to, you know, talk the whole way through. So, you know, it was, uh, <laughs> that's just me being selfish, but, uh, I am glad that you were back. Um, it just doesn't seem, it doesn't seem the same without you. And, uh, you know, I was going to edit it and all that. And you kind of seemed like you were like really wanting to edit it. So you're like, come on, man. Like you felt bad. So I was like, all right, I'm going to let you edit it. Cause I know you just feel like you want to participate somehow. So I got to contribute at least a little bit, but yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was actually chomping at the bit cause, uh, you know, things were getting better towards the end of the week. I knew you already recorded and I was like, well, I can at least edit it. You know, I can at least do that. And so when you finally said, yeah, go ahead. I was like, okay, cool. Hold on a second. So I was luckily at work, not having anything to do at the moment. Thankfully it wasn't that bad because you didn't have very many errors for you taking up all the space in the, you know, talking. So that's right. Yeah. When I get on a roll, man, I go, I just, I can go. 
<laughs> but I kept saying the same joke over and over. And <laughs> I don't know if, okay, this is, I know this is completely off topic, but I don't know if anyone has listened to like uh, the Conan O'Brien needs a friend podcast. But if you do, there's a lot of times where he'll make a joke and he like can't stop going on with that joke. And I understand that because a lot of the times that's what I do. Like if something latches on someone, if I make someone laugh on that, I will use that seven or eight times more <laughs> than I should because they laughed at it once. And if they never laugh at it again, it bugs me. And so I'm like, okay, I have to figure out how it's going to make them laugh again. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'll use it seven or eight times. And by that time, usually I'm getting the pity laugh, but I usually take it. So uh, that's just... <laughs> It's it's how my brain works. Uh, you know, it's why some people don't like me and, and that's okay. <laughs> I'm glad you're very secure with yourself. Yeah, I really don't care as long as my wife likes me. She hates when I do that, but she still <laughs> likes me. So I'll take it. There you go. <laughs> All right, Cody. Well, oh, man, the Raiders, the Raiders, the Raiders, the Raiders. Um, this was a big game. Yeah. This was a game that we it, it's kind of hard to to look at. I mean, listen, if we win out, we can still be 10 and 6. And I told you I feel good about being 10 and 6. But the issue was is I really thought maybe the Browns could win that game and they almost did. I mean, they almost mm -hmm. beat the Ravens. Right. But pretty much if the Ravens had lost, we really would be in the driver's seat because um, the tiebreaker for Ravens and Raiders would be um, strength of schedule. And we have a stronger strength of schedule. They, on the other hand, have like one of the weakest remaining schedules. And I mean, they could go three and oh, almost easily mm -hmm. um, unless they just have one of those flukes of a game or if their secondary is still really beat up. Um, so this week was a really big game uh, for uh, against the Colts. I felt like we had a really good advantage because of Philip Rivers. Um, you know, I'm I'm not a huge fan of him. I figured Philip Rivers was going to be able to throw really well. I mean, he always throws well against the Raiders, mm -hmm. but there's always that one time where he makes a mistake, and he didn't make those mistakes. And um, we lost 44 to 27. It was just, it, it was it was disheartening. I mean, there were a lot of the game, the Raiders were in it. And then in the fourth quarter, just so many things started crumbling right in front of us. And it just ended terribly. It, it was yeah. it was a bad ending. Um, you know, the, the rushing game, they just killed us. I mm -hmm. mean, 79 to 212. I mean, that's not winning football if you're a Raiders offense. I mean, it's not. Um, but we we were behind pretty much the whole game. And so you can make that argument. Um, but I'm not going to go into my whole thing right now. Um, my first question to you, Cody, is, um, you know, what were some, what were some, let's start positive. Mm -hmm. What were some good things that you saw from the Raiders that you feel good about going against uh, the Chargers uh, this Thursday? Honestly, there's not a lot to, take away from positives with uh you know with how poorly we played um 
you know, I will say that, uh, you know, we matched them pretty well when it came to first downs. We did very well on third downs. We went eight and 11. Um, you know, we did beat them in total yards. They beat us in total plays. Um, we did not have the time of possession, but, you know, we were doing a little bit better when it came to, um, we did a little bit better when it came to um, penalties. But for the most part, man, turnovers killed us. I think the only shining part is that Aguilar looked a little bit better. Carr and him looked more in sync. Yeah. Uh, you know, Hunter Winfro got quite a few um, receptions. So did um, Waller. Um, you know, but those are the only positives I can really pull out of it. Our rush game wasn't that great. I'm, I'm really trying to fish here for some positive like you're asking <laughs> for, but there's really not a whole lot, man. Like um, Derek Carr had a decent you know, completion percentage. He threw for over 300 yards, which was great. But, you know, the Raiders committed, you know, two, uh, two interceptions. They also, Hunter Winfro lost a fumble. Um, defense didn't get any pressure on um, Phillip Rivers. So, yeah. I mean, I'd like to put some shining light somewhere, but there's not a whole lot of it, man. Um, you know, Phillip Rivers, I think what the disadvantage was, not for us, but I think the thing that, we underestimate Philip Rivers is, is he's played us so often throughout his entire career. And especially with Paul Gunther's defense, isn't hard to figure out, um, <laughs> you know, Philip Rivers just cut him up. And truthfully, Philip Rivers saw the same defense last year yep. and yeah, Philip Rivers sometimes has turnovers, but you know, for the most part, he does very good passing on the Raiders defense. And that's, you know, what he did last year. And he continued that this year, um, you know, against, the Raiders defense. And truthfully, I doesn't look like the Raiders defense is that creative. That creates very much misdirection. Um, Philip Rivers was able to pick us apart and it was, you know, quite frankly, pretty sad. So what were your, um, what were your negatives of the game? I mean, you kind of pinpointed uh, some of your, uh, some of the negatives for the game, but um, what were some big negatives that you walk away and go, if this isn't fixed, we're definitely not showing up in a playoff game. Pressuring the quarterback, hands down. Um, you know, one of the things that, um, you know, that we've, that we've lacked all year is get the ability to, to rush the pass, the rush, the passer. The weren't really the only quality game that we had was when we uh, went against Patrick Mahomes. And I think we sacked him a couple of times and actually applied mm -hmm. pressure where he rolled out of the pocket. Same deal with Baker Mayfield. Not that Baker Mayfield was, you know, that bad against us because it was a really weathered, weathered game. But, you know, when we pressured him, we turned him into a below average quarterback. When we were rushing Patrick Mahomes and Baker Mayfield, obviously we turned him into, um, you know, into more average quarterbacks to where the defense can actually keep up with them rather than Patrick Mahomes as what he demonstrated throughout the whole season you know, carving up majority of the defenses, but you know, when, you know, I'll refer to our first game against Patrick Mahomes, where we actually made him cause his first interception, you know, because we were able to get pressure to the quarterback, it made a huge difference with Baker Mayfield, even though that was a weathered kind of a game, um, when we were able to pressure him, you know, he was not that he was not able to push it down the field. And, you know, that also makes them one dimensional where then we can stop the run and then they can't really do very much, um, you know, and with the Raiders, one of the things that makes it tough is, you know, we can't get off the field. And when we're on the field, we wear ourselves out. Um, I'll, again, I'll use um, the, the most recent Kansas City game that we just had where literally Patrick Mahomes beat us in the final seconds. And it almost felt like he had that in the bag because they controlled the time of possession and they controlled our defense and there was no pressure getting to him. So yeah. one of the things that the Raiders need to do is we need pressure. I mean, 
the secondary is going to give up big plays or they're going to lose their man if there's no pressure because the receiver has now time to then lose them. The cornerbacks can only hang on to their guys for so long. And granted, blown coverages, like in the zone scheme that Gunther was running all the time, you know, it had so many holes in it that you just have, you know, you just have a receiver sit in the holes. And yeah. obviously if a good, decent quarterback can just, you know, put it on the money, then it's right there. But granted, yeah. though, like if even on the off chance, our our secondary is doing it as as good of a job as they can. If there's no pressure, it doesn't matter because then that then that receiver can slip past the defense because they're now trying to find out where the ball's at. Um, you know, especially if the if the quarterback is mobile, going outside the pocket, it just really collapses the defense. So, and it all starts with pressure. If we can't get pressure to where we get these quarterbacks uncomfortable, they're just going to carve us up. Now we have uh, two are coming up um, after the Chargers. So we've got Justin Herbert coming up, two are following that. Those are two quarterbacks that are not, you know, are not, um, you know, poor quarterbacks. They are top tier picks. And I guarantee you as rookies, if we don't come ready to play, they will carve us up as rookies, which is pathetic because, you know, uh, an experienced NFL team should be able to handle rookies and and confuse them and give them pressure and give them a different taste of what NFL speed is. But if our defense doesn't show up to give that pressure, then they're just going to throw all over us, which could very easily happen. But, yeah. you know, again, the only positive that when we talked about the last question is probably that there's no Paul Gunther now. We've got uh, Rob Marinelli um, who is stepping in. So hopefully he will now – um, will change the look of the defense, maybe put in some more um, creative plays, maybe something with some blitzes that can get some of these um, these tackles and these defensive ends, um, you know, pressure to the quarterback, maybe a couple more of these safety blitzes. Because when we blitz with Abram, you know, sometimes we get we have very much uh, very good success. But when Abram plays out of control, which he gave up a couple of penalties for us this past weekend because he was out of control, Mm-hmm. then it suffers the defense. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he's a big spark plug. Um, and my next question was going to be about uh, Paul Gunther and, and you know, now Rob Marinelli taking over. Um, you know, I, I feel better about Rob Marinelli. Um, do I think Rob Marinelli is like that high above Paul Gunther? I wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't go, you know, oh, he's, he's so much better, but I think he is better. Mm-hmm. I do. Um, and, if if we can take anything away, um, Rob Marinelli has made that defensive line a lot better. Mm-hmm. I mean, Cle- Cleveland Farrell has been really good this year. I mean, he had a career day against the Jets. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it was unfortunate. I believe he was out for this game. So it was kind of – that was kind of rough that we didn't have him um, – you know, Max Crosby, and this is my, these are my positives for the game. Um, the Colts have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Okay. So with our defensive line right now, I wasn't thinking we were going to put a lot of pressure, but I thought we'd get a little bit here and there, uh, especially against Phillip Rivers, who he seems like he's holding the ball a lot longer this year, but obviously that didn't happen. Um, Nicholas Morrow had a really good game, so he was a definite positive. Um, Josh Jacobs, you know, was messing with fans, and, you know, he didn't really do much. Mm -hmm. I mean, let's be frank. Uh, 
you know, he was a big part of the offense, but he didn't get over a hundred rushing yards. And, you know, um, I don't even think he got 50. He sure didn't. He got 49. <laughs> that's, that's nitpicking, but anyway, um, you know, uh, some, some other positives, you know, just like what you said, Aguilar, he looked like he had a better connection with Carr. Uh, Carr and Waller were, were still the same. Uh, you know, it looked like Carr was going to Ruggs early. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we're probably, well, we're definitely not going to see Ruggs uh, against the Chargers, and that could hurt our offense a little bit because he was just placed on the COVID list. So mm. see how that happens. But, um, you know, some positive, honestly, yes, I'm saying it here. And, you know, I, I call me a Derek Carr truther. That's fine. I, I, I really don't care. Um, Derek Carr had a good game. Um, the first interception he had was a fantastic play by the defender. Now, was it the best throw? No, of course not. You know, he was kind of trying to throw it into double coverage. But no one thought that guy was going to pick it off. At mm-hmm. worst, that was going to be swatted away. That's why he made the throw was if, if he, um, if I can't get this to Waller, it's just going to go out of bounds. That's exactly what he was thinking. And the defender made a one handed grab, got two feet in. Mm -hmm. I mean, you don't see that often, you know? So let's be fair here. Okay. I know everyone wants to crush car and, and already call for Mariota, but let's be honest. That was a throw that he either makes it, and nine times out of ten, that goes out of bounds. In this case, the the one time the guy catches it with one freaking hand. Like, no one thought that was going to happen, okay? Um, the other interception was, yes, Carr threw it a little behind Richard. But the key thing here, and as a former receiver, this is what I always have gripped onto. If you get hands on the football, fingers on the football, you should catch the football. He had two hands on the football. I don't care if it was behind him. I don't care if it was way ahead of him. I don't care if it was too high, too low, whatever it was. If you have two hands on the football, you have to come down with it. And what did he do? Not only did he drop it, he threw it in the air, and the defender caught it and took it all the way. Why is that Carr's fault? Because he threw it kind of behind him? He still had two hands on it. So what are we arguing here? People who don't like Derek Carr just want to say Derek Carr sucks. Anything and everything that he does, that was terrible. That was the worst throw ever. It wasn't the worst throw. He's trying to make something happen. He throws it to an open receiver. Yes, he throws it a little bit behind him, but Richard had two hands on it, flipped it up in the air. Mm-hmm. What do you do with that? That's not Carr flipping it up in the air and throwing it to the, the defender. Mm-hmm. It, it was... I'm so sick of seeing people talking about, well, maybe we'll see Mary. I mean, even the radio uh, analyst, uh, Brent Musburger and, and Lincoln Kennedy, you know, they are so obvious about it because unfortunately I had a Christmas shop. So I was, I was also watching the game, but also listening it to on the radio and they are so obvious about, they are not Derek Carr fans. And they were like, Oh, maybe you just throw Mariota out there. I mean, it's not getting any prettier and Carr just threw that other interception. And they were like basically saying that was a bad throw. And I was like, Oh man, that must've been, that must've been really bad. Mm-hmm. I went later on at home, watched the interception. And I was like, are you serious? This is actually a debate. 
This is actually a thing where Derek Carr, that was a bad throw. That was a terrible throw. It wasn't the best throw. No question. It's not where you want it to be. But the guy still had two hands on it. Mm -hmm. In the NFL, you expect that guy to make that catch. I mean, if you threw that to Kareem Hunt, what does he do? He catches that football. If you threw it to anyone else in the NFL, they catch that football. Richard is not even our second string running back. So, <laughs> I mean, we're, we're just trying to find ways to see Mariota. And we here's the thing. Everyone, we've seen Marcus Mariota. It doesn't work. No, he wasn't, that, he wasn't that good to begin with. Yeah. It, it wasn't. I know everyone wanted to make it a debate. Oh, is Mariota going to play over Jared Carr? It was never even a debate. It was never even in question. They just did it to fire up Derek Carr. And now that they're looking back on it, they're probably pissed off that they spent $8 million on Mariota. I mean, I for you Mariota truthers, your one thing that you hold on to is, well, he's a, he's a guy who can run. He's a guy who can you know run and, and get out of bad situations. Yeah, how did that work in Tennessee? Oh, I don't know, maybe eight and eight seasons all year. Derek Carr got us to a playoff game and he broke his freaking leg like two games before we got into the playoffs. So let's let's be perfectly honest here. He's having one of the best years of his career. He threw two interceptions yesterday. And to be honest, both of them were not bad throws. So I know people want to want to dump on Carr and want to see Mariota. Listen, Mariota's not getting us to the playoffs. It's, it's going to be Carr or nobody. Mariota is not going to help this offense. This offense is actually, I'm arguing, is actually running smoothly. The only reason Jacobs couldn't get over 50 rushing yards was because we were behind, like, the whole game. We had to throw the football. Carr ended up throwing 46 times. I'm sorry, 45 times. One of them was Zay Jones. Um. So, I mean, we, we need to be, I, I mean, if anyone, it's, it's funny because I always ask, I go, who, who's Cody? And be honest, if, if you think it's the other quarterback, that's fine. Who would you rather take on your team? Would you rather have Jared Goff or would you rather have Derek Carr? Well, that's a tough one because... And I'm I, not talking Jared Goff on Sean McVay. I'm just talking about Jared Goff, quarterback. That's it. I would probably say Derek Carr then because Derek Carr has gone through, what is it, three different head coaches before Gruden? Or I think he's gone through three or four head coaches in his NFL career. Goff mm -hmm. has only had one co or two coaches and one coach who's gotten the best out of him. The argument could be made that Goff is only Goff because of that one, you know, Sean McVay in this example, yeah. where Derek Carr, when he had, um, it wasn't, uh, it, when he had, uh, oh my gosh, um, Jack Del Rio, he was, you know, he did well with him. And then um, I thought there was a quarterback that, or a coach that he had before. Oh, it wasn't, maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was Del no. Rio and then Gruden. No, there was there was one more before uh, Del Rio, and I cannot think of him right now. I don't want to say it's Hugh Jackson because um, no, Carson Palmer was, was with Hugh Jackson. Yeah, 
Um, maybe it was Jack Del Rio, but I thought there was a quarter. I thought there was a coach in between Del Rio and, um, no, no, there was no coach in between. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was Del Rio and then Gruden. Well, let me, let me answer the question then. I would say Derek Carr. I think I believe in Derek Carr more because I think that with all that he's gone through, let's say he's gone through more OCs, um, than Jared Goff, in my opinion. And I think, you know, Derek Carr understands the situation. He's a very good um, ball play. He has very good ball placement. He's very aware of the pocket collapsing and stepping into the pocket, escaping the pocket. He does everything a quarterback needs to do to keep his um, his team in it. He's got eight turnovers in four games, which makes it difficult to keep arguing that he is obviously the Raiders' best choice. And I'm not saying to call for a quarterback change, but I will say that the OC isn't looking very good right now. Um, and an argument could be made that, you know, this was the first game with basically a healthy offensive line that was still kind of getting their feet under them because obviously they've been Frankenstein majority of the season. Yeah. But, you know, I think that there's a timer on Derek Carr in a sense of like the interceptions weren't his fault this Sunday per se, but you can't ignore the fumbles that he constantly has. Um sure. And another thing too is they brought back his favorite OC, and sometimes it looks like that offense that offense stalls still. And Derek Carr, from what we understand, has been giving a hundred percent license to run that offense audible, which he does very well, by the way. Um, other than obviously the two turnovers that you know, one of them was freakishly athletic on the defender part. The other one was a behind. You know, the throw was. Uh, behind Richard and it was a play was made by the defender and he took it to the house. But for the most part, Derek Carr is very good about changing the play, getting protection where it's needed. But an argument could be made though. What makes it difficult for Derek Carr is because they brought back the OC that brought the best out of him. And at still at some points, the Raiders stall offensively, but then argument could be made then is what's the OC doing then to change that. For example, Josh Jacobs, why isn't he more involved in the passing game? Yeah. Why is he, he's all runs, it seems like. And I think he gets one to two targets. And some of those targets aren't even designed for him in terms of like a screenplay. He did have one pass that he blatantly dropped, blatantly yeah. dropped right in the hands. And he couldn't bring it in because he was looking at, he was looking to run before he caught the ball. Um, and this year, according to Josh Jacobs, was going to be the year that he really takes a step forward as a receiving running back. Still yeah. haven't seen that. And that makes yeah. a big difference because our offense could look a lot different if the defense now not only has to worry about you rushing, but where you are in the flats, it could change where the linebackers move you into coverage and so on and so forth. So I guess the argument could be made that the OC needs to also be looked at in terms of what are you doing to get this offense flowing um, in different ways when you can tell that a defense is beating you this way, instead of continuing that game plan and, and you need to change that yeah. game plan, how can you be more creative to get your, your specialty guys going? Like there's still some games where Darren Waller, not even his own fault is just taken out of the game plan. It feels like, you know, there's, yeah. I think there was one or two games where he gets two or three targets, brings in one of them and he's never looked at again. You know, why is that? So that's some of the things I think maybe the Raiders OC gets a little too cute where he thinks he just wants to show off all these shiny toys when really like the bread and butter of his offense is what he needs to cater to because it's been shown that when you utilize Jacobs and Waller and uh, Winfrey when it comes to getting the first down at the sticks, um, you know, that's when the offense progresses. Yeah. But again, though, because Derek Carr is trying to, you know, 
trying to move the ball and he's trying to do his best in a stalled offense, it shows that he's got these turnovers that are really just his way of trying to ignite the offense from what it sounds like or what it looks yeah. like to me. Yeah. And, and I think that's fair. I think there are a lot of times where a lot of his turnovers in these past few games, he's just trying to do something and that's not, that's not bad. I mean, you know, Patrick Mahomes last week threw three picks. The only difference is, is his team is fully loaded. You know, the Raiders defense is absolutely atrocious. And that's why Paul Gunther, and that's why we were saying by like week six, we wanted Gunther out. Mm-hmm. I mean, it didn't matter what our record was. We wanted Gunther out because the defense cannot stop a thing. We couldn't stop the run. Like you said, we could not put pressure. I mean, Trayvon Mullen has been nice. Um, Arnett sometimes has had some glimpses, but he's struggled with injuries all year. Um, Abram it doesn't cover. I mean, he's terrible. Mm-hmm. He's awful. There was another touchdown. I believe it was the second touchdown by T.Y. Hilton, mm-hmm. and he just blew it. He just he stayed where he was at instead of trying to follow. And I'm sure it was part of the zone. But as you will learn in the NFL, even if you're in a zone, if a guy is going behind you, you follow him. You know, unless you know one of your guys is supposed to be way up there. Mm -hmm. But in this case, it was Abram and nobody else. And Abram just stayed put. And it's just, you got to use common sense. And it's because he wants to hit someone. He wants to hit someone. And when you have guys like that, they want everything in front of them. And when you get behind them, it's Mm -hmm. someone else's problem. He has a linebacker mindset. And it drives me nuts because he's fantastic in the run game. But in the pass game, he gives up huge touch. I mean, huge we were talking about the Travis Kelsey one a couple of weeks, a few weeks ago against the Chiefs. We talked about this T.Y. Hilton one. He just gives up these massive, massive plays. And it's just like, dude, what are you doing? I gotta like, be honest. It doesn't I, make sense. I don't remember Carl Joseph when we had him um, giving up this much on the defensive end. No. I, gr- I, I know that he was injury prone, so it's kind of hard mm-hmm. to say. Jury's out because. Out of the, what, three or four seasons he was with us, he wasn't really on the field very much. He probably but, played a total 16 games. Yeah, <laughs> but three years. for the most part, though, I mean, I remember Joseph being somewhat of a pretty decent defender yeah. and also a ball locator. And granted, he may not have been the greatest run stopper, which Abram, I think, is better. I think we can all yeah. agree on that. But I think Joseph was a better safety in a total package sense where – you know, he may not, he, he will call out the run. He may not stop it right away like Abram can, but at least in coverage, you can bet that he's going to locate where the, def, where the receiver's at. He's not going to let anything go too far and he's going to locate the ball. He's not going to get lost. And sometimes it looks like uh, Abram gets lost out there. Yeah. No. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that need to change. A lot of things, and um, defense is one of the biggest. I don't think our offense has been necessarily stalling. I think when we see them stall, it's when we're behind by a lot, and 
for the most part. I mean, with the Buccaneers team, honestly, we still were scoring points mm-hmm. against the in the Buccaneers game. We just, you know, we didn't get it always done in the red zone, and that that was one issue. The other issue was uh, defense. We could not stop freaking Scotty Miller. Good God. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, imagine that they had Antonio Brown when we had to play them. I mean. <sighs> Tom Brady annoying. would have thrown for 800 yards. Yeah. Um, you know, um, you look at uh, uh, what's what's the other game? Uh, the, the Falcons game. Our offense was moving, but we just mm-hmm. turned the ball over, and we had so many penalties. Um, and the then three losses that we've had against the most recent ones are um, Buccaneers, um, Buccaneers, um, Chiefs, and now – falcons and this would be the fourth most recent one being the colts three out of those four games we gave up 40 plus points the chiefs were the only ones we didn't give up 40 plus points but we did give up a late second a last minute touchdown or go ahead um however the buccaneers we lost they they dropped 45 on us falcons dropped 43 and now colts dropped 44 so And and you can make the argument too. I mean, look at the they lost to this uh the, not to the Saints, to the Patriots. And that's a good defense. Whether we want to admit it or not, yes, we saw we all saw the whole Rams Patriots game. That's a Thursday night. A lot of the times your defense will not show up on Thursday night. So, I mean, get ready get ready Raider fans. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, but that's a that's a good defense. It's not great. It's not the best. But it is a good defense. We have to give them credit. And, you know, that was a loss. The Bills. The Bills have a good defense. They're a really good defense. They may not be top of the line like they normally are, but they're still really good when they need to be. Um, the other lot, the Buccaneers. That is a fantastic defense. I've been telling you this all year mm-hmm. when we're talking about fantasy. The Buccaneers defense has been very underrated. And every time I had played them, it hasn't been a disappointment except for like I think one or two games. Um, the only struggle against high scoring offenses, which yes, is now on the tail end of their schedule. Yes, so I mean the Falcons, they played lights out. I mean that was mm-hmm. <laughs> there was nothing else we could do, but they were just we were terrible. They were great. I mean that was one of those fluke games. Um, you know, and then we look at the Colts. That's a good defense. Yeah, and we still got twenty seven points on them. But yes, there what? were two. There were two times where we could have gotten in the ends. We drove the football down. We got in the red zone and we stalled and only kicked field goals. So I understand mm-hmm. those arguments, but the the fact of the matter is our defense isn't stopping anyone, and it's not helping. There are times where you can't always score a touchdown. In the Chiefs are one of the worst red zone offenses in the last two weeks, mm-hmm. and yet they have still are two and zero in those weeks. So it's not necessarily just you can't score in the red zone, so you're going to lose. Mm-hmm. It's also your defense has to stop someone, and that has been the issue. That's why Gunther should have been fired weeks ago, mm-hmm. and that's why we I think we would have had a better chance. Now, we're last three games, it, Rob Marinelli is working with the shortest week any coach has ever had. Like, <laughs> We just fired a coach and now he has four days to prepare for the chargers. Mm -hmm. And then we're going against the dolphins who aren't great offensively. And they have a lot of COVID and injuries right now, but that's still, that's a good defense. So our defense has to show up. And then we have the Broncos who it's going to be in Denver. 
it's January 3rd. It's going to be cold in Denver. And that mile high doesn't make it any easier. And Denver's so, getting hot right now. They've just won their last two games. So Exactly. So we we have to get our defense. That is the major thing to me that we need. Our offense is okay. I wouldn't even say our okay. I would say our offense is good. For our leading receivers to be Darren Waller, who's fantastic, there's no question. And then you have Nelson Aguilar, who couldn't catch a freaking baby out of a out of a <laughs> window burning, burning. <laughs> a burning building in Philadelphia last year. He's now one of the best receivers we have. And it's not that's not sad to say he's doing really well. Hunter mm-hmm. Renfro has been a third down machine. Uh, uh, Henry Ruggs was starting to get into a groove. Unfortunately, he's out, and that's going to kind of hurt us a little bit offensively. But we have Zay Jones, who's good. Brian Edwards has been a nice uh, rookie. We saw Foster Moreau freaking show up this week. Mm-hmm. Jason Witten has had some big catches. So, and then I'm, I'm totally missed. Josh Jacobs is a phenomenal running back. He's one of the best in the league. It doesn't help that when we're down, we can't really run Josh Jacobs because we're running out the clock. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of our issue right now. And I would complete everyone that I have asked, would you take Garrett Carr or Jared Goff? The only people that haven't were Rams fans, but we're not going to go into that. <laughs> um, but the, everyone that I say, they say Derek Carr. Why? He has experience. He's got 20 game winning drives on really crappy teams, really crappy Raider teams. This year is one of those years that's not crappy. I mean, he's had two successful seasons. Every other season has been either eight and eight or less. The Derek Carr is not at fault here. He has, he's actually kept them somewhat afloat of, hey, maybe the Raiders might do something this year. So I know everyone wants to, wants to crap on Derek Carr, but here's the thing. He is, I think Jared Goff, the only thing that he does a lot better is probably he can fake the play action a little bit better, and he's got a great deep ball. That's it. That's all I would take Goff over Carr. Everything else, Carr is is a smarter quarterback. He doesn't turn the ball over as much as as Goff. I know, I know. Everyone wants to say, "Well, look at his fumbles." Let's Goff fumbles a lot. He does. Mm-hmm. But uh, what's good about him is he's had a better offensive line since he's been in the league than Derek Carr has had. This year, I would say Derek Carr probably has a similar offensive line as the Rams do. Um, but Carr has done more with less. If Carr had Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Hunter, uh, Tyler Higby, um, if they had, you know, Todd Gurley, now Cam Akers, I mean, if you had any of those, uh, Carr would be a lot better. And if he had an Aaron Donald on the other side, that definitely would help as well. All right, Cody. So uh, the Raiders are facing the Chargers, the Thursday night football primetime game. Uh, I mean, from here on out, every game is a must win for the Raiders. Um, You know, first of all, you know, how are we going to win this game? And um, well, 
answer that question first, then I'll ask another one. So with us going against the Chargers, what makes it difficult is Justin Herbert is potentially rookie of the year. Um, he's a fantastic quarterback, and he's going to be a problem for us in this division for many years to come. So that's what I'll start off with first. Um, on the defensive side, what we really need is what we've been talking about. We really need pressure. We need our secondary to make sure that they don't let anything get behind them. I'm really hoping that Rob Marinelli really gets the um, really gets us out of that zone look and more into like maybe a man. Um, I'd like to see a little bit more blitzes coming from the linebacker spot if they're not going to utilize their running back very much, which, by the way, they're, they have Austin Eckler, so we do have to keep an eye on him. One of the things I'm, I'm hoping for as the Raiders is our offense will get into some sort of, um, some sort of rhythm and confidence because we're going to both agree right now that neither their defense or our defense is going to be at top notch just because it's a short week. Thursday nights, uh, you know, historically are bad on defenses. So we're, I'm just going to err on the side of cautions that our offense is going to be probably what carries us. And I'm not going to rely on our defense, but what I will say though, is we really do need our defense to um, not give up the big plays over the top. We really need to keep an eye on where Austin Eckler is going to be at. Cause he is one of those versatile running back that can catch out of the backfield. And even though he's small and shifty, he's like a Darren Sproles that can get in between the tackles and break away for a fat, for a long run. And he's got a lot of like quickness to him that we that we just need to keep keep bottled up. But what makes it tough is our Raiders run defense has been terrible the last couple of weeks. I mean, Jonathan Taylor eat us up. Uh, the backup running back for the Falcons killed us, um, and it wasn't even Todd Gurley. Um, you know, so the Raiders defense is going to have a tough matchup because it's a short week. But, you know, I suspect our offense will do what they can to keep us in there. But we just need to make sure we don't give up too many big plays. Um, if Rob Marinelli can just simplify everything for the defense and just get us out of that zone uh, scheme to where we, you know, have pockets of open field, we'll be okay, but it's going to be a shootout. I'm anticipating a high scoring game, but I'm anticipating Derek Carr and the Raiders offense pulling it out. Cause I just think that our team is a little bit better all around than the chargers, you know, but for the chargers offensively, they are pretty dangerous too. They're not something that we can just, think that they're going to roll over yeah. on us and it's a divisional matchup. So they're going to probably come hungry knowing that we beat them the last time and they're going to maybe want to squash our playoff hopes. So yeah. we really need to do our best to make sure that we don't let that happen. And we play to our fullest potential. And I really would love to see Henry Ruggs be utilized a lot in this offense. I mean, I want to see Josh Jacobs for sure. I want to see Darren Waller, the usuals, but I would really love to see John Gruden and um, Greg Olson really make a point to, Keep the defense honest, you know, take a couple of shots with Henry Ruggs down the field. Let the safeties be worried about where he's at. That way it opens up a little bit more for everything. I know that Aguilar is our primary at this point, but mm -hmm. you know, I wouldn't mind Henry Ruggs being somebody that they test out a lot. I mean, I well, granted, Ruggs is out this week. Oh, he's out this week. Oh, yeah. Great. That whole cause he's on that COVID list. Oh God. Why are we always on the COVID list? <laughs> Well, just scratch all that point then about Henry Ruggs. So, <laughs> yeah, he's he was just put on today. So, uh, uh, I agree with you. I mean, we have to put pressure on him. I I I like to think that this is a better matchup, uh, offensive line, defensive line for us, mm -hmm. um, because our uh, the offensive line we just went against is really good, and this one is really beat up. So. You know, on paper, it looks a lot better for our defensive line this week. But as you said, Justin Herbert is fin fantastic. And here's the thing. what I, The thing that I really want to get to 
is if we get into these shootouts, we lose these shootouts. Okay. Justin Herbert has a, has a great arm and Derek Carr is, is no slacker. Okay. At the quarterback position. But when we get into these games where we try and go tick for tack, you know, basically pass for pass, you know, we end up losing those games. And when you talk about when we are able to control the game using our running game, that's when we're most successful. That's how we were able to to put to beat the Chiefs and almost have that win against the Chiefs in the second time around um, was because we ran the football. We didn't try and outgun Patrick Mahomes. We didn't try and go, you know, they go deep to Tyreek Hill. So we went deep to Henry Rux. It wasn't like that. It was we had the run game and then we had a couple of big plays uh, in the pass game. But it was because of the run game that set those up. We need to get back to that. Here's the thing that a lot of offensive coordinators, I think, have issues with. And something that um, I've always had an issue with is in the first or second quarter, when you're down, even if you're down like 28 to nothing, a lot of a lot of offensive coordinators just go completely away from what they were doing. Okay, we got to scratch everything. We got we to just pass. We just got to pass. And here's the thing. It's the first and second quarter, okay? You you have to play to first save your team, first of all. Like, you can't just kill them on this game. But also, you have to continue to do what you built this team to do, not just scratch everything and be like, well, we're going to start from scratch mid-game. Like, you cannot do that. And I feel like we did that against the Falcons. We stopped going to the run game and just started passing. That's what we did against the Jets. We stopped running the football and we just started passing. Okay, luckily it worked out for us against the Jets. The Colts, the same thing. We scratched the run and we just went to the pass. And like I said, we were down only 27 to 20 going into the fourth quarter. It was a close game. It wasn't that far away, but we went away from the run game. And that's where we're struggling. If we want to beat the Chargers, the Chargers actually still have a really good pass uh, pass defense, uh, uh, rush pass rush pass rushing defense. There we go. Thank you. You knew what I was trying to say. <laughs> they have a really good pass rushing defense. Um, so we are going to have to utilize the run game. We have to get Josh Jacobs going, and I agree with you. We have to get him going in the passing game as well. Because not only because when now when a lot of defenses see Josh Jacobs, a lot of the times they just kind of let him catch it because he's only going to have like three catches in the game. Mm -hmm. They don't go to him a lot because now they see Josh Jacobs in the game. Oh, they're going to run, you know, and sometimes that helps the pass game, but it doesn't help Josh Jacobs. And when you need a good run and then they see Josh Jacobs, they go, oh, we're just going to stop the run. I would really like to see the Raiders look at film of Alvin Kamara and utilize Josh Jacobs in that manner. Yeah. I would love to see that because, um, cause Alvin Kamara has just this beautiful way that he runs the ball and he was so effortless in catching the ball, getting out into the flat, you know, having some defenders miss him and then breaking away for extra yardage. 
I believe that Josh Jacobs would has that ability to do that, but it really takes our offensive coordinator or even John Gruden to implement some plays to make that happen. Cause if you notice the saints will put Kamara out into the, into the wide receiver area out wide, and they will have him run a receiver route. Granted, is it like maybe a shallow cross? Yeah. Is it maybe just a quick curl? Of course. Or, you know, they'll have him do his work where he chips a block and then he's out in the flat. I would love to see the Raiders really look at that and be that blueprint for Josh Jacobs yeah. because I was anticipating Josh Jacobs being somebody that got three to four catches a game, you know, and he's not even getting that in targets. No. You know, the Raiders have such a fantastic and versatile running back that they're not even using him to his fullest potential. You know, I mean, he's not even, I, I mean, he's, he's very, um, he's, he's got a lot of, how do I, what's the phrase I want to use? He's got a lot of, of depth in, or he's got a lot in his base to where he's a very functioning running back where he's power, but I'd like to see him be very versatile in the sense of, you know, pass catching to where he's very mm-hmm. elusive. And I think he can be that because I don't see him as somebody we're going to plug away 30 rushes a game. I see 15 to 20 and some catches to really, you know, to really keep the defense on their toes on what we're using him for, whether it's play action. Um, now, when they see him doing a route, are they going to put a linebacker or a safety, which now leaves somebody open because you can't have a safety on a running back because now you got a receiver that has one-on-one coverage. Um, You know, that's what I would like to see the Raiders really do. I really would like to see them utilize that like this week against the Chargers. be a great way to get Jacobs really going in the past game, you know, and, and honestly too, this is looking more in the future. I really think that this offense is missing Jacobs dual ability to run and catch that's what's stopping this offense from being its absolute fullest potential right with everything and with everything that takes into mm-hmm. account with Darren wall with Darren Waller, Henry Ruggs offensive line. I really think that Jacobs is somebody that if you, if we don't utilize him in the way, like, let's say that, like I mentioned as my example, as the saints use Alvin Kamara, then he's really no more than just a glorified running back, you know? And I think that Jacobs is a lot more than that. And that's what we need to, that's what I would really like to see him do against the chargers. Yeah. He's, he needs to be used more and, and especially in the passing game, because right now he's not a threat in the passing game. They, they really don't really guard him that closely. Mm-hmm. I mean, they wait for the run and if it's not there, then they know he's not going to be passed to. And it's, I mean, you could, you can put that on car. You can put that on the OC. You can put all of it, but the fact of the matter is, in the passing game, Carr has been fine mm-hmm. uh, throwing. But I think if you're the OC, you need to tell him, hey, you need to go to Jacobs a couple more times in the pass game. Just, mm-hmm. just get, let him do his work. Um, and I think you'll, you'll see some differences. So I, I agree. Um, well, I think this is going to be an all Raiders show because we're kind of running low on time. <laughs> but um, Cody... Do you see the Raiders getting in the playoffs? I'm going to be realistic. I don't think we're getting in the playoffs this year. And I think the reason is our defense. I think we're missing a couple of pass uh, uh, pass rushers. I think we're maybe we'll find them in the draft or maybe we'll find them in free agency. Hopefully if, uh, you know, if we're willing to spend the money on them. Um, but if I'm going to be completely honest with all the factors, our games, how I'm seeing our defensive role, um, obviously our offense is having to, you know, 
do everything to keep us in the game and the defense is blowing leads or letting leads keep continue to grow. And it puts a lot of pressure on the offense to really change their game plan or their look. Um, I'm going to be honest. I don't, I think the Raiders don't make the playoffs. I think what ends up happening is we're going to lose to either Miami or the Broncos again, another divisional opponent. And we're going to be nine and seven. And I don't see the Browns losing two out of their last three games, which essentially would have to happen in order for us to, you know, have a higher seating than us. Um, and also to Miami's got to have a really good strength of schedule and they don't have very hard opponents to face left. So I don't yeah. see the Raiders getting in the playoffs. So it's, it's a tough call, but that's my, that's what I think. Um, I, I'm 50, 50 on it right now. Um, after the Ravens won last night, I was like, Oh man, I, I don't think the Raiders are going to get in, but kind of looking at it right now, um, you know, taking a breather, there's still there's still some chances. I mean, there's still things that can happen that the Raiders can get in. Now, the Raiders have to win out, as we have, have said. This Chargers team is is no laughing matter. Um, I would argue that this might be one of the best 4-9 teams that there is in the NFL right now. Um, you know, their defense is really beat up, so that's kind of, you know, uh, a golden ticket, if you will, uh, for the Raiders. Um, and then we have the Dolphins, who the Dolphins are a fantastic team as well. Um, and, you know, our saving graces, their offense, you know, granted from last week, but their offense isn't as great as they as their, you know, numbers would have showed last week. Um, you know, they're often they're really reliant on their defense. So, uh, you know, that is a winnable game for the Raiders. Um, and then the Broncos, of course, again, it's no laughing matter They're All of a sudden this Broncos team is, is coming alive and, uh, you know, probably not going to have any playoff, uh, potential here, but they can stop people from getting into the playoffs. And I think that's where they're at at this point. So, I mean, these are three tough games, but these are games that the Raiders have won before we've, we've beaten the chargers. We've beaten the Broncos. Now, obviously, we haven't faced the Dolphins, but we've beaten teams that have good defense, and their offense wasn't really moving, uh, i.e. the uh, Saints, i.e. the Panthers. So these are games that we have won. These are games that are winnable. It's, It's not a question of can we win. Of course we can win all three. It's a question of will we, and that is a huge question right now. I am 50-50 because we got rid of Paul Gunther. And so I really want to see how this defense plays for Rob Marinelli. I really want to see it. Now, Thursday night, it's going to be tough, as you said. So there's going to be sparks here and there that are going to make me say, okay, that's what Rob Marinelli does. This is what he's good at. Um, It's not going to be the whole game. I mean, if you're looking to see how this defense is under Rob Marinelli, this is not the game. It's probably going to be the game against the Dolphins. To be perfectly honest, you're going to see what Rob Marinelli does for this defense next week, not this week. Um, But there are going to be glimpses of what Rob Marinelli can do. Now, if you're going to see the same freaking zone where, you know, it's not like in our division, we have like Travis Kelsey's Hunter, Hunter uh, Henry's, um, you know, Noah Fance just sitting in the zone 
<laughs> you know, catching catching every ball that comes to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we see that, it we're not we're not going to win because Hunter Henry is good. He's got good hands. I don't think he's great. I think he's I think he's a good tight end. He fits what the Chargers need, but he is a tight end that we can stop. He is someone we can stop. And Keenan Allen, he's a fantastic receiver. There's no question. But he is a guy that we can slow down. Just like what you said, Austin Eckler. He is the that type of running back that kills the Raiders every single game. We play an a, a, a shifty running back. I mean, we saw last week. Uh, Hines and Taylor. They're just so tough for us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, talking about the Falcons running backs a couple of weeks ago, uh, Clyde Edwards, Elaire, he's not that shifty of a running back. He's a really, he's actually for a small running back. He's a big time power running back. And that's mm-hmm. why we were able to contain him most or both the games that we faced. Um, you look at, you know, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. We did a really good job, but you could argue that was the weather. That's fine. That's fair. Um, but the Buccaneers, Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones has been running really well. So those shifting backs really hurt us. And Eckler is no exception. When we played the Chargers last time, Eckler was not there. So this is someone that we have not seen before. We've seen Herbert, but we haven't seen Eckler yet this year. So Rob Marinelli is going to have to do a hell of a job, a hell of a job this week under short, uh, under a short week and um, really probably not a ton of influence. So that's why I'm saying there's going to be a few plays here and there where you're going to say that has Rob Marinelli all over it, but it will not be all game. It's going to be a lot of similar Paul Gunther defensive plays. So we'll see what Rob Marinelli can do. Maybe this sparks, uh, a fire underneath the Raiders defense of, Hey, mm-hmm. listen, we got our DC fire. We got to do something, yep. you know, and, and maybe they all like Rob Marinelli a lot and, and maybe that was it, but um, yeah, it, it's, it's going to be interesting to say the least. Gotcha. Well, uh, Drew, before we go, I got one last question for you. I'm going to switch gears real quick. Um, President state Bulldogs football played essentially their last game. Uh, against uh, New Mexico. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on the season, um, you know, Jake Hayner, um, you know, also about Ronnie Rivers and Cropper and all in the crew and the defense. So how, how did you feel about the game? And then two, just quickly, how did you feel about the season overall? Did you think it was a big step forward? Do you, are you uh, happy about how, how it went? Do you think it'll continue? So what do, what do you say? Well, I want to start with Ronnie Rivers. Ronnie Rivers, I feel terrible. He ends up being tied for first uh, in Fresno State football history uh, with uh, the most touchdowns. And um, he really didn't play a whole lot in last week's game, and it was kind of sad to see. Um, He's a very talented running back. I think you kind of – this is my worry. He's going to be in the NFL. I I just it's not because I'm a bulldog fan. It's not because it, he's so shifty. He is he is like Austin Eckler, as we, we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a very shifty back. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. Um, he reminds me a little bit of like a Barry Sanders type, where he just he never seems to go down on the first uh, first tackler. Um, 
you know, I'm not saying he is Barry Sanders, so please don't take that out of context. Um, I'm not saying he's that big of a legend, but he is he is very good at what he does. Um, you know, going into the NFL, uh, he's going to have to stay healthy, and that's going to kind of be an issue because he was used a lot with Fresno State. So, um, you know, I see him going in, you know, maybe fourth, fifth round, um, so he's not going to be that high of a pick, but I do believe he will be picked up by some team. And I do believe you will see him in the NFL next year. Um, so I feel terrible that he didn't get that last touchdown that he needed. Uh, it would have been so cool. He definitely deserved it. Um, you know, Jake Hayner, I really look forward to him, uh, next year. Uh, he, has he had a couple of miscues here and there, but to be perfectly honest, this was his first full year as a starting quarterback. Um, so there was a lot of growing pains. There was a lot, a uh, lot that he had to learn. Um, and the other issue was his offensive line was really bad. It, the last two games, he they were horrible at offensive line. He just never seemed like he could get comfortable in the pocket. So, uh, but I am encouraged by Jake Hayner uh, as as Paul. Uh, said on our podcast a few weeks ago, Hayner's got a huge arm, and he does, and he has shown it. Um, you know, I it makes me think that with his arm and uh, honestly his decision making, it makes me wonder that Jacob Eason, who was in Washington last year, who actually um, took over the job in Washington over Hayner, and that's uh, why Hayner uh, left Washington was because he lost out on the job. It makes me wonder that I wonder if it was just because Hayner is a small quarterback. He's not that tall. And I think that's why he lost out because his arm looks better to me than Eason. Um, I feel like Hayner felt more confident in himself than what Eason did. So, you know, Hayner, he looked really good. Did he make mistakes? Yes, of course. He made mistakes. He threw some picks. Uh, some bad ones and, and he threw some picks that hey wasn't you couldn't really say was necessarily his fault they were either good plays or bad plays by the receivers but for the most part I was really encouraged with Hayner um, you know I didn't I didn't really have high high expectations for Hayner so maybe that's why I'm I'm very excited about him now um, but uh, I was very encouraged nonetheless Chalen Cropper had a phenomenal year he's going to really have to go and start uh, being more confident in catching the football. Yes, you could look at all of his games, and he's got like 10, 12 catches here and there, but um, he does have a, a couple of drop passes every game, and it's just it seems to happen in big plays. Um, so he really needs to, uh, to fix that because uh, if he can't fix that, um, you know, the NFL might, might, uh, might go away from you. Um, the defense at times looked really good, and then there were times where they just looked terrible. Um, it was a hit and miss year on the defense, but I think the de- here here's what I'm what I'm gonna get at. I'm encouraged. Do I think Fresno State took a huge step forward? Uh, no, I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't say a huge step forward, but I do think that they took a couple of steps forward. Why? Well, there was a couple of weeks in between this year where they um, had to cancel games because of whole uh, because of all this COVID. And you could argue because at that time when it happened, they were three and one, they were on a three game winning streak. Um, so then they kind of got out of their groove. 
and then they they have two weeks rest against um, uh, Nevada, and it was a winnable game. But I feel like their offense really started off really slow, um, and that was their ultimate demise. And then uh, in this New Mexico game, I think we just we just didn't play the best. I, I don't know if it was cold. I don't know if it was travel. I don't know if I, I don't know what it was, but our defense showed up zero times in that game. And um, we had a couple of key drop passes and, and, a, and an interception that uh, just, it, it hurt us. And again, like I said, there was Ronnie rumors really didn't play a lot and it was, it was sad. So um, overall I'm encouraged there are things that need to be fixed. Of course, that could be said about any football team. And we're sitting here talking about professionals that need to fix things. So um, there's always room for improvement. I mean, I know I sound like a freaking head coach, um, but I mean, the fact of the matter is there's always room for improvement, but there are building blocks for Fresno state. Um, I think Fresno state, hopefully in recruiting, they are going after a left tackle and they're going after a center and going after a right tackle. And uh, we need a couple of pass rushers, I think, but and, and a couple of secondary guys. But um, I'm encouraged by the backup running backs and Mims. He looks really good, so I feel like we're good on the running back perspective. We're good on the receiving perspective. We have really young receivers. And then, as I said, Jay Kanner, uh, he looks really good. And, and our linebackers were surprisingly – better than I thought they were going to be. I'm not saying I thought they were going to be crap, but uh, you know, it, it wasn't a lot of experience in that linebacking crew and they looked really good. Did they make mistakes? Yes, of course. But um, you know, I, I, I feel like uh, the linebacking core was pretty good. So hopefully we get some good secondary guys. We get some uh, more offensive linemen and, uh, and some pass rushers. And I think, uh, I think this is going to be a good Fresno state football team next year. Yeah, I'm pretty encouraged by how the offense played out. I'm curious to see what Hainer's going to do in the offseason with a season under his belt. And especially – and truthfully, too, it wasn't even a full season. It was a partial of a season. So, you know, <laughs> with canceled. So, yeah. there's so much I, – I think our team is a lot more capable than what they demonstrated, even though they had a lot of great um, – a lot of great uh, – uh, a lot of great moments. And I think um, – you know, a, a full off season, a full training camp under, you know, this head coach with uh, hopefully Valley recruits and uh, bringing a lot of the, bringing a lot of these uh, players back. Hopefully if a lot of them don't go into the draft or transfer uh, I think Fresno state football is going to be a lot of fun to watch next year when they come back. So I'm, yes. I'm pretty excited and I can't wait till Bulldog stadium opens up and we get to see Jake Hayner and the crew just throw it all over the yard. And hopefully, um, you know, with, uh, like I mentioned, an off season, some training camp and, uh, actually time to prepare for a season will look good. So, yeah, Jake, uh, come on the pod, Jalen, come on the podcast. All right. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, that's going to be my new year's resolution is trying to get them on the podcast. <laughs> we might have to make some calls. <laughs> <laughs> Probably quite a few. <laughs> that's all right. I, you know, uh, it's it's cool to see uh fresno state football last year there was there were a couple of wins away from the season being different um i I should say a couple of plays away 
we have most notably talked about the, the Minnesota debacle. Yeah. <laughs> As I can't get over that. <laughs> but, um, uh, you know, if that play went our way, I mean, who knows? Minnesota may not have been as good as, as they were in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and who knows, we might have been better. But uh, there were just, there were a lot of miscues. You know, Reyna doesn't have, he didn't have that big of an arm like Hayner has. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that's what we're really, um, really thriving in right now is we have these speedy receivers that, that can get past the defenders. And now we have a quarterback who can just throw it almost the length of the field mm-hmm. uh, to get it to them. So uh, it's very encouraging, uh, yep. you know in a in in the type of offenses that are played now so agreed all right well we went long and hard but uh you know we made it through so uh sorry about that but it's good to see my guy back so i you know i gotta talk to him about you know football you know especially with how busy you have been and how busy i have been uh you know we don't get to talk a lot so this is this is definitely uh, where it shows up <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> It definitely just all kind of comes out as one large, just bleh. So, yeah, my wife is going to kill me, but uh, honey, I love you. And I didn't do this on purpose. It's Cody. It was my fault. Just sorry. No, he had a phone call. His daughter's in the way. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Well, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to wrap this up now. (laughs) Um, Please go check out, um, our social media, we are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, uh, which is Drew Code Sports Talk. You also go check out YouTube, which is also going to be at Drew Code Sports Talk as your daughter walks by. Yep. Uh, <laughs> uh, please subscribe, like, uh, comment, uh, you know, all that jazz. We, we want to hear from you. If you guys have any questions, hey, we want to answer them on the pod. Uh, we have a two bays episode coming up also. So, you can go check that out on the Drew Code uh, Sports Talk uh, website and uh, social media stuff, as uh, Cody will uh, will probably talk about here in a little bit. Um, but uh, also go to the major podcast, which is uh, Spotify, uh, Apple, iHeart, and Google Podcasts. Go check us out. Subscribe, rate, and review. Anything and everything does help. Uh, if you have one star, please tell us how we can get better. If you have a uh, five star, let us know what we are doing that you want to you want us you want to continue uh, to see us do. Sorry, that was hard. Um, and then uh, also go check out fnxfitness.com. Uh, they have uh, great workout gear, great workout supplements. Go check it out. They sell out quick, so uh, go get that as quick as you can. And Cody will explain to you how you can. Uh, he's going to try anyway. Uh, he's going to explain to you how you can get fifteen percent off your whole purchase. That's right, guys. Go to DrewCodeSportsTalk.com. On the bottom of our homepage, we have a partners link that you click on, and then it'll take you actually to the link that you need to click on for FNXFit.com begin all your shopping right now they've got a really good holiday special going on with a lot of their gear supplements um especially their creatine their protein which drew has and he can't talk highly enough about them i've got a lot of their gear so it's it's great stuff um really a great company that uh that where you can get a lot of great products so um when you guys are ready to check out use drew code 15 to get 15 percent off your purchase when you're checking out and definitely 
get on as much savings as you guys can, especially with this whole COVID thing. You know, there's news of a vaccine coming out. So I'm, I'm imagining in the new year, it'll be a lot different, which means gyms will open up and you guys are going to want to get your supplements in order and your gear to look good while you're working out. So, but while you are on DrewCodeSportsTalk.com, you guys can listen to full episodes of Drew Code and also full episodes of Two Bays in a Pod. Uh, you guys can listen to the past episodes we've made of this year. Um, and like what Drew mentioned, we have a special one coming up uh, next week. So stay tuned for that. And I will be sharing that on Instagram on what it'll be. And we'd love to hear from you guys. So on our website, you guys can also click on any of the podcast links where you can listen to us or listen directly on the website. You guys can also share with us a topic you want us to, to cover, whether it be a sports topic, a personal topic. You guys can leave us questions. You guys can say hey to us. Um, we'd love to interact with you guys. Um, anytime that we get any comments or anything, we'd love to say hey to you guys or or bounce it right back, especially with the playoffs around the corner. You know, a lot of trash talking, especially fantasy-wise. So if you guys want to hear it from us and, you know, have fun with us, feel free to go on the website and check it out or you know, comment on social media. We'd love to see you guys there. So with all that being said, we will see you guys next week. And don't forget, like what Drew said, to subscribe to the podcast on all the major podcast platforms and on YouTube. So with that being said, guys, see you all next week.